That money stacked tall, but only partially my focus. So compassionate, struggle hard for me to cope with. Do a lot for others, not for This is Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors, and you logged on to 10th Year Seniors.com. I'm Draymond Green, forward for the Golden State Warriors, and you log on to 10th Year Seniors.com. Wrapped up in for you. Kids grow up scars that are rubbed down with oil. And life didn't change a bit, but I can't grow apart. But those are my pushes. There it is. Redemption for Golden State. We had guidance. We was more blessed than others. We was the deepest family. Nobody had more cousins. Welcome to Long Range Two Pointers. Nobody is gonna spit on anyone. Uh you know what? I actually cannot report that exclusively because there has been so much tension in the studio i don't know what's bound to happen next but as excited as everybody was about the nba being back but we like drama no this is soap opera for men and that's exactly what we got we got a male soap opera and drama so much like a nigga could have dropped 60 in that game and it would have been overshadowed by the fight like everything was about the fight who won though i like i don't even know uh, you know what? Don't I matter. don't know because Rondo got a spit and a punch, and I think CP3 got. Did he get two punches or one and a half punch? I don't I'm know. Not sure, but I feel like that initial punch like caught him so off guard. Like he wasn't ready. Like he was posturing, but he wasn't ready. I now realize that I don't know if he was asking me about who won the fight or who won the game. Yes. <laughs> All right, so let's go. Tage is going to point guard. Uh, the pod. He, cause he did the homework on this. No, I really, I, I got in my researcher bag. I still do things like that. And Natural historian. Yeah, we're going to talk about this fight. And what's interesting to me about it is that fights don't really happen these days. But if you had to guess two NBA players who would get in a fight, which two would you guess? That that are willing to go the extra mile and go who? all the way. And not like a whole me no, back kind of fight. No, like that really. Swing on a nigga. The two craziest, crankiest, little angry dudes in the NBA. Rondo has to be that guy. It's these two. <laughs> these two had... This is like the perfect but storm. Here's the thing, though. I feel like Rondo could pull this out of anybody. Like, Chris Paul has those elements in him. Like, I remember when... Remember when Powell Gasol, like, put his hand on his head and Chris Paul was about to fight Powell Gasol? So, you know he has, like, that... He's got that Napoleon complex, I've been proving myself all my life kind of thing. Chris Paul has been punching niggas in the ball since the George W. Bush administration. Yeah, no, he was at Wake Forest just clocking niggas nuts. Yeah, yeah, like, he's that guy. He's the guy to start a fight with. And then we have Rondo, who's a crazy person. No, LeJon, I mean, sorry, Rajon Rondo is certifiably insane. Although, they may switch the Muhammad Ali statue to Rondo's in face Louisville. right now in Louisville. They got to put the Rondo face on that because Rondo is right now the heavyweight champion point guards. Maybe I throw Russell Westbrook into that, although he hasn't proven to me that he would get into something. I think people just too afraid of his energy to check him. No, but I think it's just the potential of him getting in a fight because I feel like no matter what you do to him, you can hit him as hard as you want. You can damage him. He will not stop. Yeah. And, I mean, we don't know that for a fact, but, I mean, would you want to risk it? That's the thing. Like, we don't know because we've never seen him push to that point. But Ronda will be the one to do it. Uh, Yeah, so, and... um, Let's break this down. Okay. Listen, break this down like this is a game field. We have the Zapruta film. It was the lead on Sports Center, Like you said, people barely remember the game. I, the only reason I remember the Lakers lost is because, you know, people make corny Bahamian jokes about the Lakers yeah. losing. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. Or it was like two games in. But uh, I, let's, let's, let's look at who was in this fight, all right? We had Brandon Ingram. I think what started it was he fouled James Harden and he pushed him, whatever. We don't care. Can we, before we even get into any of that, can we talk about what the hell Brandon Ingram was on? Like, is he trying to prove himself to LeBron? Think, is he trying to endear himself to Laker fans? Because I think everyone was confused with Brandon Ingram. I think he was just doing, like, some peak new nigga shit. He, Dog, he was doing the most for he was, no reason. He was doing. He was acting like a new guy. Like, he snuck up and tried to get a punch in, even though the two adults were scrapping it out old man style. Like, like even when he was getting into it with James Harden, James Harden had a legitimate look of perplexion. Like, he had no idea what was wrong with Brandon Ingram. You know like, what that is? That's like, but I'm so rich. <laughs> like, what, what? He was like, he was like, dog, dog what's what? wrong with you? Like, like, you know how much money I make? You think I'm gonna fight you? Nobody understands why Brandon Ingram was on 10. <laughs> like, I don't even know if Brandon Ingram understood why he was on 10. So then, they get him away from the situation. But who plays peacemaker, who plays peacemaker in that whole scenario? Of course it's born ready. Yeah. Of course. Who else would it be? 
I think uh, I think what happened there was he. I feel like he grew up like every day on the court where he grew up in Brooklyn. Niggas just fought, and yeah. sometimes guys get shot. So I feel like he probably just tired of it all. Like I mean, like come on, y'all really understand the safety that Lance Stevenson has in this environment, knowing that nothing's gonna actually happen. He's like the he's, he's like the government like he's like a government he's like a CIA Gibson kid who went to like a lifer key party like, like come, this is come great. on man like this come is on great. Man. you guys having your minor disagreement all right let's settle uh, this one up nobody's gonna get stabbed there y'all just chill yeah this this is cool so that was one of my okay so we got Brandon Ingram being on ten the ridiculous audacity of Lance Stevenson being the peacemaker. Uh, one of my favorites is Lonzo just not being here for any of it. Remember last year he said, I wonder how he feels. Because remember last year they got into like a hold me back uh, kind of situation. And he was not reluctant to get in. Oh, he was reluctant to get into it. And he said, yeah. this is the NBA. These niggas not really going to fight. Except they really fought. Like how I mean, he felt. But see, he was beyond half court. So from that ban- vantage point, you're thinking, nah, ain't nobody about to fight. Like, that's just not going to happen. They're going to do a hold me back because people are standing there. Little did he know Rondo and CP3 wasn't with the shit. I was going to say, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think he was uh, uh, he was uh, too conscious in when Rondo was doing peak Rondo shit, kicking, yeah. kicking, uh, what was it, Chris Lofton he kicked in the head? He did. Yeah, like. I remember him uh, punching Julius Hodge in the balls. There was a lot that happened. Yeah, plus those guys, I think Jerry Stackhouse was around uh, when those guys were in the league too. So, I mean, I'm sure, like, they've seen things. So, when the fight actually kicks off, you got Brandon Ingram and Lonzo. They were in near midcourt. Brandon Ingram takes off like a bat out of hell and in two strides got to the fight because he's an extraterrestrial and he can get from half court to the free throw line in two strides. Lonzo Ball did the slowest I want no part of this jog. <laughs> he got there 10 minutes after the fight was sorted. I think... I think he knew like they were gonna go and look at it on film later, and it was a courtesy <laughs> jog. It was yeah. a courtesy jog. So like, if he like he knew, I think LeBron is trying to do that whole uh, that whole fatherhood. He's the father to his men type of thing. So I'm sure LeBron was gonna chastise him if he didn't get in there. So like, he probably token just had to go. LeBron would say some shit like, "You just gotta be there and give I'm, one of those." I'm not. I'm not speeches. upset at you. I'm just disappointed. That's yeah, what LeBron is gonna hit him with. Because we already heard him mic'd up on night one, and he was telling them, "Hey, if you fall down, you stay on the ground. Your brother will help you up." And I, I thought that was weird. I was like, "What?" And then I said, "Ah, uh, see, this is the shit Kyrie met. Like this is the shit <laughs> that, that pissed has Kyrie to be off. So annoying. Yeah. Ah, that's what it is. Be like, no, nigga, I can get up by myself. I'm not sitting here waiting on y'all to run from 30 feet away to help me up just for the look. Yeah. I'm so, so that. he didn't want his dad, LeBron, to put him in timeout. So he was like, all right, I guess I'll go over there. Okay, that's the <sighs> peripheral around the fight. Now let's get to the actual fight and how that happened. Because, like you said, it was an Ingram and Harden kind of thing, and then it just turned into this. Well, I mean, well. Like I said, those two dudes are the two dudes in the NBA on, like, the all-I-wish-a-nigga-would team. And so, I guess, uh, so Rondo got in Chris Paul's face. And I, I just saw a spit video yesterday. That's, like, I didn't... that That's Zabruderish. Like, yeah. This, it was real Zabruder film, like, cause, honestly. Because, I mean, no, uh, because from the outset, it looked like Chris Paul violated. Like, Chris Paul mushed him, pointed in his face, and, like... Nah, he, but... but- you see, though, you saw pre-mush. You saw when Chris Paul wiped something from his face. Yeah. So, like in retrospect, after you see the Zapruder yeah. film with the spit, then like you the realize spit hey, line in slow motion. Yeah, uh, but I mean, like from a dude spit on you, though, you gotta stay right. You gotta know like what's happening next. No, seriously, like that is. I mean, there there are not there are not many real hard tried true tested man codes that most of us still live by but you know that the spit spitting on somebody is when it's absolutely too far like, gotta, it, there's yeah. really no talking about spitting on somebody yeah because i think after he got spit on i think chris ball still wasn't trying to fight like he mushed him i'm sure he threatened him or whatever but like but no but also though when you mush a nigga you expect that you yeah. expect that escalation to turn into a fight you don't expect to mush somebody and that's it you just don't want to throw the first punch but I think there are levels of disrespect, and spitting on someone is way like oh yeah, that's top tier. It's higher than mushing someone. So like absolutely, I feel like uh, if someone spits on you, like you have to punch him. Yeah, you're either gonna punch him or you're gonna walk away. 
And so Chris Paul, like for me, got spit on. He should have been. He should have knew what was gonna happen I next. Don't, I don't think there's walking away from spit though. <laughs> like I, I and I'm not a violent person, but I just feel like if someone spits on you, that is a line too far. You gotta fight, and Chris Paul wasn't ready to fight, and Ronda was ready to fight. You know what? I think I think after the mush, what he expected was a push of some sort. I don't think he expected right hook. Rondo from Louisville, the same place as Muhammad Ali. Deville, and he he came through. He was that was uh that was Chris Childs esque. Niggas in Deville was hype when they saw that. That was, that Deville, was quick. Like Deville really ain't here to play. Like you mush me, you gotta have your hands up and be ready to box. Yeah, like Chris Paul wasn't ready to box. And he looked at it because I don't. I really don't think he thought a fight was gonna happen. He was like, "No, nah, this is the NBA in 2018. This isn't happening." You can see in slow motion, he was looking at him like, "No, nah, this isn't happening." No, but, it happened. But I will say, though, in true Chris Paul great point guard fashion, uh, incredible reflexes. Yeah. I thought his reflexes were very impressive after he took that punch because right away he was back in it. He recovered. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't like he took the punch and that was the end of it. Chris Paul was there, too. He was there for that, too. You got to salvage your manhood, though. Once it felt, once a dude spit on you and then hit you in the jaw, like you got to... You- you gotta I, fight. You gotta fight. I was impressed with the second Chris Paul blow, the one where I think Rondo kind of stumbled a bit or his head was down, and Chris Paul caught him with that low hook. That was a really good one. Chris Paul is a strong guy. I wouldn't want to take a hit from him. A yeah, small that, that one. That one was a really good one. Um, so I mean, on the scorecard, who gets the dub? Uh, I think Rondo, just for the disrespect, like. It's going to be a fun series. How many times they play each other? Like four? Yeah. Hopefully they see each other in the playoffs too. Because I need uh, this to happen in the playoffs. Like, I mean, that's just, it's just so much disrespect in one sequence. Like, he spat on him and then he, like, he sucker punched him. Like, I don't like, uh, like, Rondo's a champ. I really need this to happen in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Chris Paul. And it hurts me because Rondo, of course, is a wildcat. But you, you threw him a lob in college. It's my guy. That's your guy. It's my guy. Yeah. But, I mean, my guy, you can't be spitting on people, though. But I, I like the disrespect of it, like, though. I, like, I, I mean, You know what? I would love the disrespect if it was like you backhand slapped him. Or if like you sunned him by putting, you know, just I mean, tap him on his head or something. I think like I think that. the backhand slap retired in the NBA with Charles Oakley. But I mean, dog, spit though. Like there's just something so vile about that. Like I I don't know. Only Rondo could get away with it. But I like that he I did like, not get away with it. I just like I like because I mean everybody's so friendly and so buddy buddy, and then like. Then we have Rondo with the abject disrespect. And he's not even friendly with his own former teammates. So, like, no, of course he don't like nobody else. I think, uh, like, the friendliest he was with his teammates was in uh, was in New Orleans. Because they all went to Kentucky. To, like, not together, but they went to Kentucky. Yeah. And I don't think them dudes like him that much. Nobody's, like, I don't think no anybody in New Orleans is like, dang, I miss Rondo. <laughs> he wasn't there long enough for that to happen. Oh, another one of my favorite elements of this, how could I forget, was... Uh, LeBron being his most Marshawn Lynch in this. Because remember when Peters got into it with the Chiefs and Raiders game? Yeah. And you expect somebody to go after their teammates, but no, LeBron was... Well, he was holding down his boy. Like, his friend outside of basketball, yeah. he went directly to Chris Paul, and he was like, nah, Chris, hold, you know, chill. Well, Marshawn Lynch and Marcus Peters are from Oakland, and yeah. Marcus Peters is like his cousin, yeah. who's not really his cousin. And I think uh, Chris Paul is like the same way with LeBron. They're like yeah. cousins, they're not really cousins. Banana boat fam. Yeah. Gang, gang. So I think there's an element to that, but I mean, I mean, LeBron can't be putting his arm around Chris Paul, bro. That's his, that's his man. You gotta, you gotta save. Fa- I mean, you could, you could be like, yo, chill, and then grab your teammate, but you gotta save face. He not only he walked Chris Paul like almost all the way back to the locker room. It seemed like, like they walked by and Chris Paul, and this is how Chris Paul, you know, Chris Paul was so indignant about the spit because he went to explain it to Mike Breen. Like he went <laughs> to talk to the announcers team. Like, look, dog, this is not me. This dude just spit on me. Nah. And I need everybody to understand that. Nah, that's Chris Paul. Yeah, that is that is. That's Chris Paul. Anyway, I wanted to get in since we're talking about punch outs because I mean, real. Good punch-outs don't happen anymore in the NBA. No. We're going to talk about some of the more underrated punch-outs in NBA history. And uh, the first one happened between Antonio Davis and Brandon Haywood in 2004. I liked this one. I remember this one. There we go. We're watching it now. 
Antonio Davis takes the hard foul. And you knew that Antonio Davis, he was one of them dudes that was always one step away from really getting into it. And Brandon Haywood never really wanted that smoke. Well, see, Antonio Davis was a 90s guy. He was like a 90s, like, tough defender. And, like, he was really with the shits. And Brandon Haywood was a good guy. And he's backpedaling. And Antonio Davis tackles him. Let me describe Let me describe for you guys what oh. happened. You, and you can go look it up. Gillarina sighting. The fight, the scuffle started under the Bulls basket, and Antonio Davis backed up Brandon Hayward all the way to the locker room to the Wizards basket. So Brandon Hayward went in there, got a cheap shot push, and then he just started backpedaling like a quarterback taking a ten step drop. Antonio Davis was really trying to connect on that punch though. Like he was really like he was because Hayward Hayward did like this soft little halfway punch push mush kind of thing. And then he just did a 10-step drop. He was looking for the man downfield. And because, you know why? Because, because like Brandon Ingram, Brandon Haywood was a new nigga. And he yeah. did a new nigga thing. That was really a new nigga thing by Brandon Haywood. Because that was so unnecessary. He wasn't even in that. It's always the new niggas that's not in it. Duh, I can't find the next one. It was the Keon Dooling and Ray Allen fight. I remember this. Like... Ray Allen sneakily got into a whole lot of fights in the NBA. He got into it with, with Bowen. He got into it with Keon Dooling. The Bowen one was a recurring one. It's kind of like this Chris Paul around there. See, I, what, what people don't understand about Ray Allen is Ray Allen is like a real life, like, he's not well. Like, he's not, oh, here, we got the fight here. We got, is that Jermaine Nelson taking a shot? Yeah, Jermaine Nelson. And this was when Ray Allen was in Seattle. He was like an MVP candidate. Keon Dooling was with the Magic at the time. And, uh, let's wait for it. But, yeah, Ray Allen, Ray Allen he's he's like one of those, we always said he was kind of like your friend's oh. serious dad who you really couldn't. Yeah, like, you don't know what he did, but you know he did something. And these dudes are, like, really scrapping. Like, it happened so quick, and it happened on the sidelines, and they're, like, in a bench. And that's Stacey Ogman holding back Ray Allen. The real ones, the real fights happen really quickly. Before anybody gets a chance to say, hey, chill, there's a lot of money on the line. Yo, there's a Nick Collison sighting in this. There's a Robert Robert Swift Swift. My goodness. I think this is the most fun part of these fights, like looking at the guys on the sidelines and seeing who's there. Is that a Gerald Wilkins? Not Gerald. Somebody Wilkins. Yeah, uh, Damien. Damien. I think he's still in the league. That's impossible. That dude is playing like uh, Pan Am games. Luke Ridenour. Luke Ridenour hung around for a long time. And then we have one of my... This is like top five just fights overall. It's J.R. Smith and Nate Robinson in the garden. And, uh... Oh, this is when J.R. Smith was in Denver. Yeah. Nate Robinson, of course. And Nate Robinson, he's five foot seven. He's in the NBA and he's ready. And they're all in this. It's David Lee. Marty Collins got in it. Nate Robinson really did that real nigga square up. Like, he did, like, the classic. No, nah, he he got, he connected. And then Carmelo Anthony, I think he, he sucker punches Jared Jeffries, and then he backs up all the way to New Jersey. Of course he did. And then, of course, a couple weeks later, everybody is on the opposite team. There goes Melo. He hit He sucker punched him. It was loud, too. And then he's backing up all the way in the locker room. <laughs> that is a real I have the most money on this court kind of move. <laughs> <laughs> Mellow punched Jared Jeffries and sprinted to the locker room. No, not unlike Usain Bolt sprinted for gold at no. various Olympic. But games. it was like it was like a pile. It was like a pile of people around Jared Jeffries, and he snuck around it and like got his arm in it and just hit Jared Jeffries. And then all you see is backpedaling straight to the Knicks locker room. And of course, my favorite series of altercations is. Zaza Pachulia and Kevin Garnett. It's not a real scrap out. They don't get into it. I think Zaza headbutts Kevin Garnett. But why I like this is because Kevin Garnett, and at this time, he went heavy after the rookies. He went heavy after the Euros. And this is a tough, contentious uh, series. And I lived in, I mean, I was in Atlanta watching this. I didn't live there. I lived in Alabama. But I was in Atlanta watching this fight. And the Hawks just gave him everything they could handle. And Zaza played really tough. Heart of a champion. Two-time champion. And he had butts. I think he, this is when he jumps in his face. and head, Oh, David Stern is in the stands watching like, what the f- why do I pay these niggas to do this? 
And I think what Kevin Garnett did not know or did not expect, because Kevin Garnett fashioned himself as somewhat of a bully, right? Yeah. But you could bully American dudes like that, but someone from war-torn Georgia, yes. they, they ain't about that life. Yeah, I don't think he understands that, like, Zaza... Like he, he's not going to care about your elbow and you screaming and doing all of that no, shit. No, like, that dude, like, walks around with a chopper in the trunk. Like, he's from Georgia, Georgia. Not, yeah, not, not Atlanta, not, Georgia. Not Atlanta, the country. And... Why this, this is what this sets up is later in this series the Hawks dribbling out the ball on a blowout, and I think uh, someone gets a hard foul in and a hard foul ensues, and Paul Pierce uh, goes to the sideline. Is Paul Pierce and Al Horford in the same series? I think it's like the next game, and Paul Pierce uh, is on the sideline. I remember when this happened because I watched every game. Little did Al Horford know he would be so important to the Celtics just years later. I know this is great. And Paul Pierce bangs blood on Al Horford at the end of the game. <laughs> and I always thought that was so fake. Uh, he's from Inglewood, so I kind of believe him. Nah, but that could mean you could just be affiliated and know people. But that doesn't mean that you get to rap that like that. Most of the gangsters I know from California just like are from those neighborhoods. They're not like they didn't really do. That's what those I mean. You know, you know what that is though. That's like. It's kind of like to go back to the the public school, private school uh, analogy that you used earlier. Like, if you just are tangentially connected to some niggas, like, maybe you could call somebody, but you're in an entirely different environment with people that don't know that. Yeah. And you could, like, kind of rep that set, but there'd be nobody to call you out on that shit. I think that's kind of what that was right there. The thing is about Al Horford is Al Horford, at the time he played with Zaza Pachulia, I would be more scared of him than anybody in Inglewood. Oh, yeah. Tito's, Tito's son don't care. That's that's just me. Like, Tito's son don't care. I don't know. Anyway, speaking of fights, we know about the beef with the players on the Timberwolves. They got into a beef recently. I think uh, it was Jimmy Butler, and he basically called Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns a bunch of pussies. Yeah. And then he showed up an hour late to practice, didn't go to camp, didn't go to any workouts all summer, grabbed the third stringers. That's uh, Gorgie Jang, Luol Dang. Some other people named Dang. I don't know. <laughs> so he, he grabbed an assortment of Africans. <laughs> he grabbed, he grabbed an assortment of Africans and one little white guy who could shoot, presumably. And uh, and they challenged the starters in practice. And I think uh, Amin Al-Hassan, he broke the story. And he said that, like, in a couple minutes, they were up 13, and he didn't take a shot. Um, Here's the thing when, when I saw all that. What, even, okay, just looking at the Jimmy Butler story from... A macro level. Why does everybody think it's okay and they give Jimmy Butler a license to do this just because he had a difficult path to the NBA? Because that's always everyone's go-to when you mention anything even... I'm not even going to say negative, but if you're just objective about Jimmy Butler, they go, He was homeless! He was lightly recruited! Blah, blah, blah! He's, I mean, he still can't just be a dick to everybody. Pretty sure he slept in his same dorm I slept in. But uh, I think because he hasn't won yet. If if he's the Warriors and he won three or four championships, you think this shit is funny? Like, you think people like this? Like, no. Like, this would not be tolerated. But I think uh, I, he's made a few playoffs, but he's never won anything significant. So people think it's cool. Yeah, but, I mean, they just keep going going back to that. And then you'd see all the, the social media, you know, the info videos. And then everyone is telling you about his history. Yeah, that's great. But... I mean, he's still create. This is two for two now. He's created problems on the last two teams he was on. I mean, in his defense, though, I don't blame him for skipping uh, for skipping camp with Thibodeau. But anyway, this same yeah, team Thibodeau runs camp like it's the playoffs. Duh, he kills it. Well, you don't. You're not even supposed to practice in the playoffs. But never mind. <laughs> but Tell that to Tibbs. Him and those guys who we want to trade from, who we think are a bunch of suckers, are two and zero, and they're playing pretty decently. No. They lost. They lost? Yeah. What are you, 2 I think, they, I think they may be 0-2, actually. You sure? I know they lost opening night. They lost to the Spurs. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened after that. They might be 0-2. Does, I mean, does this team recover from this, though? Because it doesn't seem like he's going to go anywhere. Do they recover from this? I mean, what can you recoup for him? Uh, it's difficult because the Timberwolves aren't in a position of power. It doesn't seem like the coaching staff and management can even reach one accord of what to do with him. So, is Jimmy just going to end up staying there and playing out the string? Or eventually, are we going to see him end up in Miami? Because 
one second we would hear that that deal is is done and then the next sentence i mean the next second we hear that it's off so right now jimmy butler's just playing games he's playing well yeah and i think they're one and two my my bad in limbo but I think he's recently said that he's happy with the way those guys are playing. What I really want to know, was he was he really just trying to psych those niggas up to get them to play hard? Or did he really want to trade? Or is I it- mean, if that was his... If that was his intention, I think he went a bridge too far because I think Andrew Riggins legitimately hates him. And if something happens to Jimmy Butler and we just don't know where he is, Andrew Riggins should be the first suspect. Like, there's a picture of him just... Staring daggers into Jimmy Butler in the first huddle on opening night. Like, he wanted to murder him right then. I'm pretty sure everybody hates Jimmy. I feel like Cat hates him more. You know, I know because that first game Cat had, what do you get, like, 8-6 and six and fouled yeah, out? Yeah, it was horrible. Cat was in his head. He just, he just didn't want... I mean, some things are bigger than the actual sport, and that's why I was wondering if, if winning can actually solve this. And I know people say winning solves everything, but... How difficult is it for you to play with? I understand being professional and performing with somebody you may not be a fan of, but I feel like this is going beyond just tension. This is like real live emotions where these dudes may hate each other. Uh, Yeah, I mean, and we've all had to live with abrasive people that we may not like. I mean, you can only go so far with it. And the thing is, yeah, they may win and that may cover it up. Like they might put that might put a bandaid on it. They're going to lose eventually. Yeah, because Jimmy Butler, <laughs> this may be like a WWE thing for him where he's playing this character, but it's like when your big cousin don't know how to play and he always goes too f- He always goes too far. Yeah. Like, like he, it's playing for him and he thinks it's all a game, but no, you taking that shit seriously because he hit too hard. Yeah, he's going to... They're going to lose eventually. They they could go... They could... What? what, uh, what uh, 80 and nothing or whatever they have left or 79 and nothing. They're going to get to the playoffs, and they're going to lose. And when they do, he's still going to be a dick, and they're still going to hate him. <laughs> like, I, I, Look, I don't, I don't know what – I feel like the – I meant to say Vikings. I feel like the Timberwolves made a mistake, and this whole thing was destined to fail once they got Ricky Rubio up out of there because I thought he was the perfect balance and the perfect point guard for this. I don't even know what Jeff Teague is doing in all this drama. I have not heard anything from him. He's wishing he's back in Atlanta. That's what he's doing. They ain't, they ain't wishing for you because Trey Young doing Trey Young things. It's, I don't know why anybody thought that wasn't gonna work. And speaking of Trey Young, we're gonna get to our two early assessments and of the rookies because all of the rookies are playing well. They're all playing great, but I want to talk about the intertwined fates of Luka Doncic and Trey Young because all right, Luka Doncic his first game was mad. He had what twenty six six and something his yeah, second, second game. game he played man. big, won a game I think against the Wolves and. There were a lot of stories going up about how, basically, the the Hawks messed it up. They ruined it. They could have got Luka Doncic. <laughs> that was before Trey Young's second game, right? Yeah, and then Trey Young, who was hold my beer. Yeah, he was in a strip club somewhere. He, he got the stripper off him, and then how dare you? He uh, he dapped the Migo up and went to <laughs> and went to Phillips Arena and dropped. Who was that he played against? I don't remember who, who it knows? was. I just remember he went he went for like 30-something and 11. He dropped them off for 35 and I think 11. And because I'm sure he heard it. And I'm sure like he looks at it as disrespect. And I think he got into some rare company with that. I saw the graphic. It was like just him, LeBron, and AI were the only rookies <laughs> to go and put up those numbers. Yeah, I think, yeah. Like but- that's crazy. I guess he'll always have that, if nothing else. I don't understand why, given the rules of this NBA and given Trey Young's skill set, that people thought it wouldn't translate. Because how? You know why? I think people are still judging him by the metrics that they judge Steph Curry by. But when he came in the league. Not now. Not now. This the is a different all, game. The math all changed on it. The math changed. The rules changed. The style of play changed. So, I Cause, mean... Because, I mean, when you look at Steph Curry, like... Like his that that has been replicated. Uh, Damian Lillard has replicated the Steph Curry but formula. I like, don't. Th- I didn't think that from the very beginning when Trey Young was being scouted. I was like, I don't know why he would fall, and I don't know why anyone thinks that did this wouldn't work in the NBA because what's so different about it? I don't like. I don't. I I didn't think it was as clear cut a uh, a lopsided trade as 
the white people. <laughs> See, I mean, come on, that's what this is. I mean, like, oh yeah, oh for sure, we know, we know how hard they're rooting for Luka Doncic. Even when people talk about Rookie of the Year stuff, I'm like, Aiton's gonna get that. Nah. I mean, even though Jokic gave him all of the fucking work. I like, mean, Nikola Jokic gave. He's gonna give. He's like, why doesn't he get as much hype as Joel Embiid? Like that's he, that's another discussion. He does it to everybody. No, like, he jo- destroys. Granted, everybody. Jokic had a historically great game. Now, now he doesn't do this to everybody because he also joined some rare company. Like I think it's, it's just like him Will and Chamberlain. Him and Will Chamberlain were the only two people to have like a. 30 point triple double where you don't miss a shot. That's a little ridiculous. No, nah, that's kind of flugy, but. No, nah, uh, but Jokic does give these buckets to everybody. Like, he's definitely nah, going to be an all star. He'll give you work. But, like, yeah, I don't think the trade was that clear cut. I watched, I watched a good bit of Dantich's, of his EuroLeague playoffs, and he was good, but I mean, I didn't see what he did in EuroLeague. I don't see, I didn't see it translating to the NBA. Like, I could see him, like, being a. a an okay player, like a decent player. Yeah, I think it was fine for both sides, and yeah. I thought it made sense more so for the Mavericks because you don't want to have two small guards like Dennis Smith and Trey Young. I think you have somebody like Jokic who is probably going to eventually be... He's going to be guarding twos and threes. Like, you didn't want Dennis Smith to have to really? be doing that because Trey Young is the only person that can guard the one. But think about how I disadvantaged think... you are if you have those two guys, though. Oh, definitely not. They get posted up on every play. Yeah. I think Dantage is more of like a... I think he's more of a... Like a four, like a. Like I know. A, like I just a, know he's not going to be able to guard ones. Like that's not happening. Yeah, like when I watched him play in Europe, he couldn't turn a corner. Like he yeah. couldn't turn a corner in Europe. So like if you if you can't, I mean, it's the second best league in the world, but the NBA is the best league in the world. You can't turn a corner in Spain. You're not turning the corner in the NBA. I was thinking Young Gallo, Young Gallinari, before he, like the he, 27 injuries. You might be better than him. No, I know better, but um, just in you know just. Using him as a reference point, yeah, definitely. In terms of, like style of play and stuff like that. I don't know, but I know, I know. Bill Simmons gets rock hard. You know, I think he sees a lot of Larry Bird in him. I don't know. Like I don't. I mean, I don't. I just don't think dude it's... patterns his game and tries his best to play like LeBron. There's no Larry Bird in him. He's just white. He tries to. Be, yeah, I mean, and he's said it. Like I have patterned my game after LeBron my entire life. Like none of these good dudes are patterning patterning their game after white guys because they haven't seen them play. You know, uh, I was watching. You ever watched? This is random, but you ever watched the way we ball on Vice? No, I haven't seen that. It's a it's a documentary where they go to these different countries and talk about basketball culture. There, they did one on Cameroon with um Joel Embiid and Luka Mamute. and then they did one on Serbia with um Drazen Petrovic and Dario Saric. And Dario Saric basically said he wants to be Draymond Green. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, he wants to like he wants to grab rebounds, defend, and hit threes. And this make is what it sense. is now. And <laughs> basketball being a global game has caused that. I mean, look at how Kristaps Porzingis grew up. He's a kid in Latvia with cornrows <laughs> and learned everything about American culture from World Star. <laughs> Yeah. Like that—that's from the NBA and World Star. That's what it is. There's no reason a kid in Latvia should be rocking a headband, dressed like Dipset with cornrows. Ain't no Larry Bird bit. <laughs> Ain't no Larry Bird. What else we got? Like is it zero and two? This isn't gonna work, is it? Yeah, I think it will. I think you just, I know what you're doing. You're antagonizing all of the Lakers, and I am going to have to represent my people because the Lakers are my fourth team. <laughs> Well, they, you know, what are but, your teams? List the teams. Actually, no, because I I got something coming up on it, that in a minute. So don't list your team yet. I mean, don't, I think th- everybody th- knows. I can teams. go ahead and say that my teams are and in this order. No, hold on. No, I I I really got something later on. Okay, hold on. So right. um later on. So we're gonna get back to who your teams are. Okay, but I'm gonna represent for the Lakers right now because they're one of my four teams. Look, it's two games into the season. Yeah, this is. I mean, it's a it's a mass roster t- turnover. And you don't see mass roster turnovers just automatically in sync for the first few months, much less the first two games. That's number one. Number two, they just played the team that was in the Western Conference Finals. And honestly, this happens on LeBron teams. When he goes to the team, they kind of start off shaky and then they find their way. Everybody has to readjust the way they do things. Kuzma has to re because the Laker kids were just running around doing whatever the hell they wanted to because there were no expectations. Now you have the expectations of having to play with the best player on the world. J.R. Smith said it best. Um, yeah, it's pressure for us. NBA champion J.R. Smith. <laughs> it's you. pressure for us, but he's got to play with us too. <laughs> That's a rare moment of inadvertent oh, self awareness from Jr. I'm gonna miss Jr. Smith being relevant. Yo, can he trade? Can he trade for Jr. LeBron's never gonna. He would retire before that. We need Jr. Like, man. Uh, you know what I noticed about the Lakers? We haven't heard a 
peep from LeVar Ball. We haven't heard a peep from LeVar Ball uh, a month before the LeBron decision. And I think that means that he knew what was... LeBron let him know a month before, look, I'm coming to L.A., this shit is done. Like they canceled, they canceled Levar Ball. I didn't think it was possible, but he's been canceled. I feel like LeBron. LeBron is so powerful. I'm pretty sure he went to Lithuania and LeBron took his passport away and was like, "You stay there, bro." I don't even know. You're right because I don't even know where Levar is at this point. Was he at the game? Who knows? I don't know. He was in I, Lithuania. I think his son was slapping up people. I, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, he's probably with the other two doing stuff. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but. I, listen, the Lakers are going to be fine. Of course, the Lakers are going to be a playoff team. Um, worst case scenario, I think they're fifth. Honestly, and this is this is hot take territory, but if they went to the finals, and they're not going to go to the finals. Like, there's no way they go to the finals. But no. if they do, that wouldn't even shock me. You know why? Because they got LeBron. Because LeBron, like, anything is possible. Like, anything is possible. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, best case scenario, they end up there. Worst case scenario, like I say, they're the fifth seed, and we get to... I just want us to see Rockets Lakers in the playoffs. That's all I want. Like that's my wherever the Rockets are, I need the Lakers to be <laughs> along that path. So shit, if they end up, hopefully they're seven, so we get it in the first round. The two. Speaking of Rockets, the Rockets uh, gave up Lukashada Mamute, who I mentioned, and Trevor Ariza, and exchanged him with Carmelo, the All Elmers team, who stinks. Yeah, Melo's. I mean, they they blew their window, didn't they? For all of the talk about how things are going to be different and he may be rededicated, Melo's still just doing this pump fake one dribble pull up, ain't he? Like, he's going to do that I shit think, every time, I think he? this is who he is now. See, uh, back in the day, it used to go in, but he lost his athleticism, and this is who he is. And the thing about the Rockets is, um, I mean, people make fun of people who talk about their chemistry, but those guys gave them depth. They came off the bench in waves, and they defended, and they hit threes. Bro, spacing is so important, though, and I don't know if Melo understands spacing. Melo, does, he doesn't defend or hit threes or really look interested in being there. I think them look, just being interested in being there gave them a, a definitive like, advantage of Melo. He had to apologize to the bench for taking, name of the podcast, long-range two-pointers. Like, stop doing that. It's the stupidest <laughs> shot you can take. Please stop doing that. The three-point line is literally one foot behind you. The thing is with Melo, you think he'd be thrilled if if they say, look, all right, look, you're going to go on the court with James Harden and Chris Paul, and it'll be like that game against Nigeria. Just catch it. Just shoot it every time you catch it. You're going to be open. Just shoot it. I, I don't understand. Why, and I hope it does work because if it doesn't, then I, I don't know how you explain Carmelo Anthony. How? But how do you watch... Oklahoma season last year and think that it's going to work. Like, that's... I mean, that was my thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I I think we got in arguments with that on our chat because I watched him play last year and I was like, I think this guy is done. Like, this oh, isn't a fluke. This is who he is. Yeah, I had no... Listen, there were no basketball reasons for me to think this is going to work. This was just me hoping that the Rockets would do something to give a challenge to the Warriors. A legitimate challenge. I... Uh, and I know it's... Like, I said about the Lakers is just two games and it's difficult to have knee-jerk reactions on this kind of thing but he, he looks so awful I don't know I saw it coming a mile away like this is uh, the, the play I don't think the players are going to be any good at least not in the west I mean LeBron is probably going to do some things maybe the Jazz might do something but the Rockets are done like I, I've written them off unless they could swing a trade like I say forget them like <laughs> they need to move Melo for Jimmy Butler <laughs> You can imagine playing for oh, Tom da- Thibodeau. Daryl Morey was trying to get in the Jimmy Butler sweepstakes, son. Tom Thibodeau was like, yo, get on the line. Melo was like, nah. I ain't coming off the bench. That's number one. <laughs> no, Melo was like, I'm not going to Minneapolis. What the f- Why would I go to Minneapolis? What? What do you have to come off the bench for? Uh, oh, he's playing behind Wiggins, I guess. Yeah, because he ain't starting there. He He's not going to start anywhere. He's... He is playing behind James Ennis. I just learned that. Big game. Wait, I thought he was in Australia. No, he's a starting forward for the Rockets. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I think we've lived too long. No, listen, nah. no. I could, no, I could see him. Uh, nah, rap- bro. Like, I, say what you want about Melo, but did you really see him being benched for James Ennis? Like, I, I figured he still have to play behind PJ Tucker, right? But James Ennis. <sighs> Next. Yeah. Anyway, ah. Uh... Next too early predicament, Anthony Davis is averaging 29, 13, and 7 assists. Yeah. Is, he, is he the MVP? 
Um, the Pelicans are gonna have to finish at least fifth, I think. They could do that. Yeah. Well, if they finish, if they finish uh, at least fifth, and he puts up these kind of numbers, then yes, he'll be the MVP. Quiet is his cap. That's like a. I like the way they play. Like they pace in space. I like the. I like Drew Holiday with um Alfred Payton. Yeah, Alfred Payton was. I mean, because they went younger Rondo. That's what they did. The Rondo thing worked so well, and they decided we're gonna get a point guard that maybe doesn't do these things as well, but a younger version of him. So that's what they went along those lines. Cool. So the continuity stayed in place. Um. Yeah, and you saw Russell Westbrook win the MVP with his team in that same kind of win range, and it took uh, astronomical statistical feat, like averaging a triple-double. But if Anthony Davis does that, he d- now, if the Lakers finish ahead, then LeBron's going to win the MVP. Because yeah. that's just how that one is going to work. You know, the Warriors players are can- going to cancel each other out. The way the NBA works, Harden's not going to get it again. So no, nah, I think they have fatigue. Even though, we, and the thing is about him not getting it. If they get to the playoffs and get a high seed, he might actually be the MVP. Yeah, but he's but he's not gonna get I, it. I think once the hype machine gets going, like it is what it is, and I think the hype machine is behind Anthony Davis. Yeah, it's behind him, and in the East, it's behind it's behind Giannis. Yeah, no, for sure. Because he's also going to put up some of these ridiculous Anthony Davis numbers, and if they finish first or second in the East. Lokito, Nikola Mertic, 33 a game. <laughs> it's been two games. It's the real MVP. I feel like that. I feel like that's going to fall off. Sample size. He's going to regress towards the mean just slightly. All right. We're going to talk about our behemoth guys. Buddy Heel is averaging 18 points, two assists, and four rebounds on 55% shooting and 50% three pointers. Buddy's playing very well. Is um, he a player? Is he, is he a yeah, player? Yeah. And I think. I think this efficiency is going to carry to carry on through because when you watch him play, he seems different. He seems like he's in his comfort zone. It's like the game has slowed down for him. Oh no, he sees everything and he's really under control. This That's is what a, it is. Under control yeah, is the perfect kind of terminology. Yeah, like he and he even had a little fun the other day at the end of the game with uh, with Justin Jackson. I know, like it, <laughs> the one. Of the, like he's okay. So he rocked him. So what happened was the year before, at the end of a game, Buddy passed it to Costa Kufos uh, at the last second, so he wouldn't be credited with the turnover. He did the same thing in this game to Justin Jackson because, dog, you don't get that much assists. You can't be having turnover. He only averaged two assists. That assist-to-turnover ratio would be looking horrible if you averaged two assists and then you just get that one turnover off air. They pay you for that, King. They do pay you for that. I mean, they exercise the player option, but with Sacramento, you never know because Dave Yeager is going to find reasons to limit Buddy to 22 minutes a game. I think that's what he thinks the 24 is on his jersey for. I'm not playing you more than 24 minutes. I mean, this is a guy who played Vince Carter real minutes last year. I like, and I think he has Marvin Bagley on that same program. I'm not sure what's happening there. I hate this rotation so much. I just need Buddy to do what we talked about in the preseason podcast. Average his 18 to 19 points a game. Shoot 48% from three. And be as efficient as you possibly could. Make yourself attractive to all NBA yeah. teams. And by that, I mean to Greg Popovich. Or just any team that plays on national TV. Like, we'll take that for a start. Any One of you people go east. <laughs> like, go to I Toronto. Know, I think him in Toronto would be a good look. I know we're going to talk about eight next, but I just need somebody with a Bahamian connection to go east. With our luck, uh, Kai Jones is going to get drafted soon, and he'll end up in Portland. On the Clippers or something. <laughs> Everybody's the, just out west. On we'll, a Seattle expansion team. Like, we <laughs> never get to watch anybody because who's staying up that late? Not me. Uh, speaking of Aiton, Aiton had 18 and 10 in his first game and 5 and 8 in his second. Which one is really him? The 18, I think we we know the first game is really him. Yeah. Like the first game he was he was getting the alley-oops, he was he was, you know, running at the rim, he was getting it off offensive rebounds, he was catching the ball in the post face up, he was hitting the jumper. He had everything going. He even had like two or three blocks I think that game. But a second game though. He got Jokic'd. That second game. And and it's not like he was going up against a scrub in the first game. Like, this is a tough assignment. First game out, you get DeAndre Jordan. And then second game, you get Jokic. Now, let's talk about Wait, hold on. Game. What part of our lives are we in that uh, that we're like, no, nah, he got DeAndre Jordan, but then he got Jokic. If this is like 2000 and like 
15. Could you imagine, like, seeing this? I mean, DeAndre Jordan's a defender, but let's face it. Like, Jokic is a problem. Like, ain't nobody afraid that DeAndre Jordan's going to take them in the... Po- like, you don't go to bed the night before thinking, I got no idea how I'm going to guard DeAndre Jordan tomorrow. And box him out. That's it. Also, you know what I just thought of? It's his first game in Denver. Yeah. He probably got hit with that chest punch. Oh, I thought you was going to say something else. No, I mean, Denver's a tough out I mean, anyway. And then you got Jokic giving you 30. Colorado's a tough out because you can get you can get Denver just like how people get miami Oh, that too? Yeah. That too. Yeah, well, that's a thing. I mean, but look, Jokic is probably... He's probably the most skilled big man in the NBA. Like bar none. Yeah, like him and Joel Embiid, maybe. Yeah, you're gonna say Embiid, but I I think he's more skilled than Embiid. Not saying that he's a better player, but his skill set his skill set is ridiculous. The kind of passes this dude's make this dude makes you only see from like LeBron and a couple other point guards. And it's insane that he doesn't get as high as much hype as Embiid. I guess he's not with all the histrionics. Yeah, asking it, Rihanna out, he's just balling. It's because he doesn't talk that shit. It's it's because he's not. I mean, there's the language barrier is real. Because it's kind of like it's kind of like a, a Spanish speaking baseball player where you're not going to be as big of a star because you're not one he, of them, quote unquote. He should do like Yasiel Puig things though, like get caught speeding or like he or like have coyotes. Like, where is he from? I don't know. Let's look, let's look it up. He should though. He should absolutely be a bigger star, and everyone in the NBA knows it. Like the players know it, and he gets the utmost respect from them. He's, and he's from Serbia. And he's he, 23 years old. Get the Get out of here. Yeah, because they, they had... Don't forget, Denver had him and Yurkic. Yurkic. Yeah, so they had both of those guys, and they had to choose one. Obviously, they made the right choice. And it's not like Yurkic is a slouch, but this dude is just that good. So he looks like he's not... Like, his picture looks like he just doesn't say anything. And he has a great nickname, the Joker. He's just like a robot who just goes on the court and gives... Rookies from the Bahamas just buckets. Yeah, there's, I mean, Aiton is just going to have to learn those kind of things. I mean, th- the dude had a perfect game. I mean, 30 points, uh, triple-double. And the, the triple-double is not an anomaly because he... He had, does that. He right? had a bunch of those last year and a bunch of games where he was close to it, like one or two assists away. So, I mean... Joel Embiid did say Aiton was going to get his ass kicked, and sometimes it's going to happen. And, yeah, when you don't play with the point guard, that happens too. It, it does it does happen. But I like what Aiton said after the game. He said, I really didn't get a chance to. It's like he said, I'm going to get this nigga back without saying I'm going to get this nigga back. Like, I didn't get a chance to show what I could do because I was in foul trouble. And Tyson Chandler is going to help him defensively. Uh, first of all, he's going to slap him in the back of the head and say, stay on your feet. And then he's going to say, get me some Skittles. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to send him to get donuts. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Aiden's going to be fine, though. Aiden's the rookie of the year. Aiden's going to be a superstar. I like them Pumas. Things are terrible. I, I, every time I see, and it's not just him, everybody I see wearing these big, ugly, highlight orange Pumas, I get upset about but it. But hey, Puma, I mean, if you want to send us some shoes, though, uh, 19 Brooklyn Road, what's good? Oh, we all about the free shits. Yeah, no, just send it, send it, send yeah, it. we all about the free shits. I love them then. Yeah, so uh, earlier we talked about your top five teams, and I have something about a team in your top five. The Portland Trailblazers are 2-0. Uh, correction, Tej, I have four teams. I don't have five teams. I am no longer on that narcotic, much <laughs> like Bomani Jones has been with the Atlanta Falcons. And I know why I'm not on that narcotic. I was teetering on the edge for years, but being swept by the Pelicans did it for me. I had every reason to move. I had the greatest Bahamian basketball player in history coming into the NBA. I was going to go with whatever team he's going to, and that's why the Phoenix Suns are my number one team. I'm rolling with Aiton. Got another Bahamian on the West Coast in Buddy Heal. I'm going to roll with Sacramento wherever Buddy goes. That's my team number two. Team three, I love the Warriors. I'm rolling with Clay. Clay and Mike... They bang with 10 YS. They, Gotta love they, the they gang gang. Shout out to Clay and Mike. They gang gang. They, John's probably up there kicking it with them right now. Oh, we got to talk about John's trip after this, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'll be kicking it with them right now as we speak. So the Warriors are my team number three. And hey, I have been a LeBron fan my entire life. Why am I hiding it anymore? Wherever LeBron goes, I'm going to be a fan of. Lakers are my team four. Yeah. This is what true sports happiness is about. And I don't know why we've been brainwashing kids for years to think you have to be so myopic in your mindset that you've just got to labor and suffer with this one team. Why? Wherever Kaizen ends up, 
in whatever sport he plays, I don't know which one. He's a he's a multi-sport athlete. You're gonna root so hard for that one team, like that's gonna be your whole life, and that's gonna be it. Yeah. So enjoy this now. Yeah. Also, Seth Curry. God damn it. Also, Seth Curry is averaging seven points a game and point zero five assists and two rebounds on fifty percent shooting from three point line. Are you sure he's still out? How many guards does this team have? How many undersized guards? Seriously, are they trying to set a record for undersized guard? Do they have one six six guard on that team? Because I don't think they do. They got Lillard. They got Stauskas. They got Stauskas Seth Curry. is six six or six five. Is he that He's like big? standardized? Okay, I didn't think Stauskas was that big. Okay, well Stauskas is the only guy because I know they've got Seth. They got C- Jake Lehman. CJ McCollum. He's like six nine, but he's also a forward. And then they got Gary Trent Jr. So it's like your entire backcourt is just Ew. backcourt is undersized guards. Is Gary? I see pictures of Gary Trent Jr. lately. Is he on uh, Randy's team? He may be. His lips a little black. He may be. Uh, give give him some time. Um, Oregon think- has a whole lot of liberals and free thinking tree hugging hippies, and you know what they enjoy. I think he's been on a team. I think he's on a squad. Yeah. 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 Oh. Let's talk about John John's uh, sojourn around the NBA. So, Jonathan Marcus Nutt right now is on a tour of on the an NBA. NBA tour. He's just going wherever they have Bahamians playing. Uh, his first game, he was there for the debut of DeAndre in the game we mentioned in Dallas. And as we're recording this on Monday night, he's, he's taking in Oakland. It. Yeah, he's, he's in, in he's Oakland. In right Oakland. Now. He's kicking it with Clay. He knows members of the Warriors coaching staff because John just got a John. Uh, Chris DeMarco was here helping to coach the Bahamian national team, so that's where the connection with that is in. So John's in Oakland in Tage's old hood at uh, the Warriors' son's game. And then I think he's going to go and catch some games in Sacramento and see what Buddy's all about. So John is living his best journalistic life right now. I'm probably going to go watch like some BISS softball or something. I'm going to go home and watch uh, whatever my wife has on Netflix. God, I hate and love John at the same time. Gang, gang. That money stacked tall, but only partially my focus. So compassionate, struggle hard for me to cope with. Do a lot for others, not for credit or to soak in. But to have an impact on direction that they go in. Grounded by the roots, hooked to the soil. Recognize the rumble that we in, yeah, it's royal.